Hello, everybody. Bob Oxley here, and it's time for tips, topics, issues, and positions. And uh, today's the topic is going to be uh, taking a look at the midterm elections, both from a national standpoint and, and something closer to home here in the state of Utah. Uh, and it's my pleasure to once again, I've asked uh, my expert here at Dixie State University, um, Professor Joe Green, to come in from the Political Science and History Department here at Dixie State to offer his uh, impressions as to the outcomes, results, and some things are still pending. So welcome, Professor Green. Thanks for having me again, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're back. You're getting used to the pathway between uh, McDonald Building and the Jennings Communication Center, aren't you? You, you, could, you could just uh, uh, get the funding and I'd be a permanent guest, Bob. <laughs> we'll work on that, too. Uh, listen, we've we've had a very interesting election last Tuesday, uh, and uh, the blue wave, in uh, some respects, didn't materialize as the Democrats claimed. Um, I think there was a lot of response on the part of the voters out there that the uh, polarization was really uh, illuminated. People really saw that there really is a deep split between the feelings on Republicans, uh, the GOP, as well as with Democrats. Um, just to start off a little bit <clears throat> from an overview right now, this is what I've got as of about uh, 30 minutes ago. Uh, apparently, uh, the U.S. House, uh, uh, the Democrats have 225 seats to the uh, Republican 197 seats. and It's estimated, because there's some not decided yet, that right. But if things go the way they are, the Democrats will have about 230, I think. Yeah, I've got the last thing I picked up was uh, there were still 13 houses yet to be called because they're too close. Mm -hmm. And of the 13, I've got uh, five Democrats are currently leading and eight Republicans are currently leading in their house races. So we're not done. We're going to we're going to talk around these things because there's so many races nationally. There's been challenges that have taken place over the last 48 hours. So. Uh, we're just going to like have this uh, as an open forum uh, yeah. concerning, concerning the uh, midterm elections. So um, just based on, just from a generalization standpoint, uh, just make the assumption that the, Repub the uh, Democrats have taken over the U.S. House. Yeah, they have. And the uh, Republican Party has retained control of the Senate. Mm -hmm. And uh, President Trump is happy and unhappy, but he's really pushing for the Senate. And he said, well, great, we've got the Senate, so if I have an opportunity to put another conservative judge in the Supreme Court, I can do so now. Um, so based on just your feeling and your preliminary analysis overview of the, the, the new, uh, starting January, the, the new look as far as Congress and the presidency is concerned, what can we anticipate? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, there will be gridlock. Um, which probably is uh, what the median voter in the country was looking for. Um, the country is a center-right country, but uh, uh, in out in the rural areas where where uh, President Trump does really well, that's uh, that's why he picked up they picked up the four Senate seats that they did. Um, He's uh, the issues that Mr. Trump emphasizes, like immigration, are really popular. They're not as popular in the suburbs. The cities are democratic strongholds in the country. We're 
we're divided geographically. The rural areas are Republican and the, the big cities are uh, vote Democratic by big margins. Uh, so that these are fought out in the suburbs, okay? Uh, and uh, there, there tend to be a, a, a larger group of um, women in the suburbs than men uh, in the electorate. Uh, and so that's kind of who you uh, try to compete for. And the suburbs tend to be a little bit more moderate than you find in the cities or out in the, out in the countryside. So this time the moderates uh, kind of went in, in those suburbs, went to the Democrats, but they went to moderate Democrats. Um, that's hard for people in Utah to imagine that such a thing as a moderate Democrat exists, okay? But, uh, you know, even Utah, uh, Mr. McAdams, it looks like he'll win up in the 4th District uh, from, the, you know, former mayor of Salt Lake is, uh, is going to be a moderate. So there's going to be another a moderate set of Democrats in the House, and so um, the, the they're they're going to emphasize Democratic uh, issues like fixing uh, having the government be more involved in health care yes. uh, will be a, a, a big one, uh, but but it's not going to be any kind of a single payer. They're not going to be able to push that through uh, uh, the way that the left side of the Democratic Party wants to do. It'll be, uh, but uh, whatever the Democrats propose, the Republican Senate won't pass, and whatever the Republican Senate passes, the House won't. So we're going to have trouble getting budgets. Uh, <clears throat> the, the Democrats are going to want tax increases for uh, various programs. They don't think the tax bill uh, is the great wonderful thing that President Trump and the Republicans think it is. And so they're going to want to raise taxes maybe on, uh, uh, on the higher levels of incomes. Mr. Trump indicated he might be open to that if he's not investigated. But uh, the, the uh, various chairmen of the House committees tend to be on the way, way left liberal block of the Democratic Party. And they want to investigate Republicans. So they're going after his, his tax returns. Uh, they're going to look more closely than the Republicans did at Russian, the claim of Russian collusion. Uh, so there'll be lots and lots of investigations, and Mr. Trump's going to get really angry, and he probably won't want to work with them for much. He'll probably use them as a foil, Look at kind of like Harry Truman did back in, in the 1948 election where he called them the do-nothing Congress, and and he'll call them the do nothing house or if he's kind, if he's kind he'll say that yes he'll have some <laughs> he'll certainly have something to tweet every morning about how bad they are and dishonest and along with the uh, the journalist yeah okay the but, media but it looks like the uh, that his general demeanor uh, is very unpopular with the vote, with, with the marginal vote, the average voter the medium voter in the suburbs and that his position on immigration seems to be too extreme for them. They would like to see the dreamers, we can talk about that if you want, the dreamers turned into citizens uh, and uh, in, in return for some sort of border security uh, system. But uh, so far the parties haven't, have, been, have, have been more than willing to use this as a wedge issue and not solve the problem rather than... Uh, I'm not sure they can solve it, but 
but not passing a piece of legislation where they say they solved it. Uh, They'd rather not do that. They'd rather uh, blame each other for the deficiencies of the immigration system. It's kind of disappointing whereby uh, you have analyzed it, and I agree with you, that it's going to be gridlock again for at least another two years. Uh, Nothing's going to get done. There's going to be a lot of proposals and uh, attempted maneuvering on both sides that's going to end up nowhere. Yeah, Uh, they've got got a debt ceiling, uh, which always happens. The Congress always puts a ceiling on the debt, and uh, the government can't borrow any money to pay for ongoing programs, which it's committed to pay for, without raising the debt ceiling. So if it is Mrs. Pelosi, uh, as the speaker, she'll use that. And the necessity to get a budget to fund the military or to fund this program, or uh, they'll use that as a way of, of, of trying to force Republicans to do things Republicans don't want to do. And the Republicans will do the same thing, try to force the Democrats to do things they don't want to do. And uh, they've got to they've got to raise the debt ceiling because uh, otherwise we default on our debt because we've committed to pay for stuff. Maybe it was a good idea to commit to it. Maybe it wasn't, but we've committed to pay for it. It's the checks are going out, and uh, so if the money isn't there. We default, and we've never defaulted before as as a country. So that'll be the sort of Damocles hanging over their heads, and they'll probably yell at each other a lot about it. I'm sure they will through a number of things. Um, So from a national standpoint, uh, our Congress, along with the president, we've got gridlock. So nothing's going to really happen alarming. I've got um, a couple of things here, uh, a couple of Senate races just for an update and see their significance. I'm looking at Arizona, which is just south of us here, and I'm showing that uh, Kirsten, is it? Cinema, 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 as she's currently leading by nine thousand six hundred votes over Martha McSally, mm-hmm. and uh, but we still have three hundred forty-five thousand votes that have been uncounted. This is as of two hours ago. Yeah, and uh, everything looks right now like there will be a recount in that in that race. So we're not going to know who won that. For That's going to be my question. Yeah, yeah, we we're not going to know for a long. We're a long time. way out to know who won that. Well. Let me jump from Arizona way over there on the east side to Florida. I've got a similar situation there between Bill Nelson and Rick Scott. I mean, it's less than 3% yeah. differential in votes right now. And uh, Nelson currently has a little bit of the lead, but not much. That's as of two hours ago. They still have a lot of uncounted votes there. Yeah. And is there anything going on? I, I tried to find out something about any legal maneuvering going on. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, uh, I think Bill Nelson uh, filed a suit over how the counting's going. Okay. Governor Scott counterfiled suit this morning, I th- okay. uh, according to the headline, at least, that I saw. Okay. Um, uh, the Republicans are charging that the Democratic, the southern counties down by Miami, uh, Palm Beach, and especially Broward County, uh, don't always count uh, uh, uh uh, do their do their vote count above board? Republicans are okay. claiming that there might be voter fraud of some kind going on. I don't think they have much evidence for it, uh, but uh, I heard Mark uh, Pre- Senator Rubio last night. He says every time this happens, 
Broward always comes in late. All the other counties, even the ones hit by hurricanes, get their votes in on time. The panhandle Bra- was in. I heard that also. Yeah. Brow- Brower's always way behind. So th- there's going to be a lot of name-calling about uh, the uh, Broward County is tends to be heavily democratically run. and and uh, But this will be recounted. The Florida governor's race was actually called uh, on election night, but that now evidently will be recounted. So. Heard something along that line. Also, there's there's legal challenges going in as far as uh, voter suppression in Georgia. Hmm. I heard that's that's alive again. Yes, so, as that's this morning. That's just I'm picking up news like you are. Yeah, it's a really close election, and the Republican candidate uh, was the secretary. What is it? Secretary of State before, was, or uh, whatever it was, he was. He was the I think. He's super. He's the guy supervising the over, elections. That's exactly. And he's running in the election. Absolutely, he oversaw yeah. the election process. And so, uh, the clearly, uh, the the lawyers are going to get into that because it uh, just of the, just because of the way it looks, and uh, maybe some people were prevented from voting. Who knows? But well, they had that. It had to be exactly right law there in Georgia. So even if you filled out your registration form correctly and it was inputted incorrectly by someone in the government that automatically then uh, disavow- disallowed you to vote. Yeah. Well, they will, they will challenge it because everyone's vote ought to count. Uh, that's just an American value. And uh, so uh, the uh, lawyers who are charging $1,200 an hour are about to get even richer than they used to be yeah. over the next little while. <laughs> that's true. And it, again, you got those that lean toward the Republican Party and those attorneys, oh, yeah. those staffs that lead toward the Democrat, and they're just lick, licking their chops saying, oh, boy, we're going to make a windfall on this one. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be nasty. Yep. Um, the- I've, I've got some other just uh, general information here. We're looking, let's take it from the Congress down to the uh, states themselves. Here's what I'm showing. Here's some headlines that I've seen that the uh, Democrats have won nine states of which Seven governorships. Governorships. Seven governorships have flipped. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, they said that the there are six state legislatures, Senate and House, uh, three hundred state House and Senate seats have have changed, and those states that have had this flip and the legislators change are Maine, Connecticut, Colorado, Illinois, Nevada, which is a neighbor, mm-hmm. and New Mexico. So let me let me ask you a question. Historically, isn't this what happened eight years ago with the Republicans taking over governorships? And by getting the governorships and the state legislators, they get have a lot more control than people give them credit for. Yeah, the Republicans in 2010 flipped 900 okay. legislative uh, seats and a bunch of governorships. And in 2016, they had 36 of the 50 governorships. Wow. Um, and that when you control the legislature and the governor, then when, it, when we have a census every 10 years yes. and the population changes, the boundaries of the House districts in states that lost uh, uh, seats and the, and the states that gained seats have to be re- redrawn. Oh. And they're always drawn by, uh, by the majority party. 
with the help of the governor, if the governor will sign on to the bill, in ways that help the majority party well, there you go. gain seats. Okay. So right now we know that if you take all the people who vote Democratic in Texas compared to all the people who vote Republican in Texas, that just based on that number, there should be four more Democratic congressmen in Texas than there are. At least this ne- this last election, I'm not sure exactly sure, and that's because the dis- the le- Republican legislature drew the districts in such a way that you minimize the number of Democrats in a certain district uh, based on the voting in the precincts, and you maximize the number of Republicans, and you can uh, create the districts in such a way that you 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 uh, you increase the probability of your party winning that particular district. Got it. That's, we call that gerrymandering. I was going to say, is this yes. gerrymandering at its best? Yeah, and the Republicans do it in Texas, and, and the Democrats do it in California, although they created a commission in California, but it had a majority of Democrats on it, and they, the commission pretty much gerrymandered the districts wow. again. So, so that really does explain why there's some statements made that with the Democrats flipping the not only the governorship, but the state legislators, they, they have like carte blanche power and gerrymandering is one of the key yeah. ways to, to retain that control. Now, the Supreme Court in Pennsylvania uh, this summer just decided it was going to redistrict because it didn't like the way the Republican legislature had redistricted Pennsylvania. Okay. So they redistricted by court order, uh, and the Supreme Court refused, the U.S. Supreme Court refused to hear the appeal on this, and so they gerrymandered it uh, so that the Democrats had the advantage in Pennsylvania. It was the uh, Supreme Court in Pennsylvania is, is loaded with Democratic judges. Got it. So, so, and as a result, Pennsylvania, which went for Trump, uh, there were very few Republicans who escaped uh, there. It was a Democratic sweep. It was a big, that's where the biggest Democratic uh, pickups were. Wow. Wow. I've got uh, some other issues other than gerrymandering. Um, some of the core issues, state by state, um, health care is going to be one of those core issues that's going to be looked at nationally, but uh, I guess the state of Maine is really looking at Medicaid expansion and, like you said, not necessarily universal health care, but taking the Affordable Care Act and a Medicaid and expanding on that. What, what? Even Utah did that. Okay. Which which you would, in uh, uh, back 20 years ago, would never have happened. That would look like a big government program and so on. People are concerned about their health care they, they worry that if they get some sort of disease that uh, requires hospitalization and lots of treatment, that it can bankrupt them, as you know. And it does. And so the Affordable Care Act, the Ob- Obamacare is what it's normally called. I'm going to call it the Affordable Care Act, uh, required insurance companies to cover pre-existing conditions so that if you've been sick and you need insurance that you'll be covered. The insurance company can cannot say, I'm not going to cover you. That's very costly. It's a real costly part of the Affordable Care Act and required in order to make it work, subsidies. Okay. okay. 
And one of the ways that you could, one of the mechanisms for getting the subsidies was for a state to expand Medicaid. Okay. And that's, that's what, some of the states didn't do that. If they did it, if they took the, med, the Medicaid expansion, then they, they got subsidies for, to help people buy their health insurance, to help finance the, this uh, making sure everybody stays on, uh, uh, can't be kicked off their insurance. It's part of what is there. When the Republicans tried to repeal and replace Obamacare, the first thing they had to do was repeal it. So they had a law that repealed it, which meant they repealed the guarantee of, cover, of insurance companies will cover pre-existing uh, conditions. There you go. Now, Senator McCain voted no, so it failed to pass by one vote. But that allowed the Democrats to say you voted to get rid of pre coverage for pre-existing conditions. Because every Republican who voted to repeal had voted to repeal the whole thing, including pre-existing conditions. Now, the Republicans say... Well, if we'd repealed it, we would have replaced it with something that maintained, but uh, that that bill didn't ever come up because the the Obama the the Affordable Care Act was never repealed. So, wow. Uh, during its time under President Obama, it never had popularity above fifty percent. Now it's been in place since uh, really since what 2014. 2014. People have been yeah. signing up. Now it's above 50 percent of yes. popularity. Yes, it is. So it's now a sacred cow, and uh, it's no one's going to get rid of, of this is, of it. They're going to have to fix it. There's lots of problems with yes, it. Yes, there is. And uh, especially how to pay for it because the 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 primary payment mechanism, the uh, a mandate that was in Obamacare was repealed. They uh, by the Republicans they repealed that part of it. So. Uh, Health care is an issue, and the Democrats were way, way, way more trusted on that issue than Republicans now. So yeah. that that was the main reason that in those moderate places that the, that the Democrats won, and they're going to want to do something. And Republicans probably are going to compromise on that because they don't want to be seen as not doing something on Got it. it. Um, another core issue is taxes, and the state of Kansas is involved with that, um, where the taxation uh, Democrats are now in, involved with uh, taxation, have some con some controls over that now. They're going to make some inroads on taxes. Um, have you heard anything about the taxation in Kansas? Yeah, that, that turned into a, a quite an issue. It did. Uh, because uh, uh, Senator Brownback, uh, left the Senate and became the governor, very conservative guy, and he, initi he and the legislature initiated a great big tax cut. And it turns out that uh, they didn't make up the revenue in economic growth, as he had promised, so they, they had big deficits, and it meant they had problems paying for various kind of state programs. And so the Republicans kind of didn't look as uh, Kansas is generally a red state. Yes, it is. But uh, that issue uh, was effectively used by the Democratic gubernatorial. I didn't hear. Did they take the leg the legislature in Kansas? I'm not sure about that. If they had both the Senate but, and the but, House, but they flipped the governorship. They did, which really surprised me. I and think. they gained some seats, but I'm not sure they actually are in control of either yeah. of those two houses. So they're probably going to rescind some of those 
of of Governor Brownback's uh, okay taxes tax cuts. I've got another one here just on states. This is close close to home. Uh, as far as climate change is concerned, uh, because the we're looking at uh, Democrats taking over. That they're seeing. They said, from a climate change standpoint, Colorado's going to lead the way as far as introducing new legislation that would be uh, to take controls and try to gain back climate change and be and issues that are more make them more aware of and implement their population to take steps to help on the climate change situation. Yeah, the. Um they, they had a kind of climate change or uh, energy-related initiative in, that would have really restricted fracking in Colorado, uh, and it failed. Mm. And there were other climate initiatives. I think there was one in Washington. Pretty much all of those failed. Uh, the public doesn't seem to be as... Uh, as in tune to that issue. Or, they don't understand or, earthquakes in Oklahoma. Eh? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the, um, the, I'm not sure that's a winning issue for Democrats. It's, uh, uh, people, people are concerned about the environment, but they don't want to see the economic growth in their, in their states and their opportunities diminished. And, uh, a lot of times the initiatives, uh, would really cut into the ability of the economy to to cut to, to have jobs. They they tend to be kind of extreme initiatives. So we'll see what Colorado can get yeah. away with. I'm just uh, like I said, I'm picking the information up like you are. This is still like uh, everything's floating. Uh, Wisconsin was another state. Just uh, just for uh, listeners' attention is is that we knew uh, Wisconsin now has a democrat democratic governor, but the houses of the state legislature is still Republican. So you talk about gridlock on a state level. I guess Wisconsin's going to have a heck of a time trying to get things through there. Yeah. Uh, Scott Walker initiated a kind of a revolution in Wisconsin. Wisconsin was the original state that experimented with uh, progressive legislation yes. back in the early 1900s. It's been, it was the, uh, the, the leading uh, government can plan stuff and it can regulate business and all of that kind of thing. Absolutely. And he, he passed, uh, he and the legislature initiated laws that made it so that if you, uh, uh, you didn't have to join a union in order to be a public employee and the union membership has fallen and the unions have been after Mr. Walker since then. They even got a, a recall election against him. Uh, he, he lost this time. But uh, if the if the Republicans maintain the legislature, then they're not going to be able to rescind That's, those those yeah. labor rules, and yeah. they'll they'll stay in place. Michigan did the same thing yes, they under did. Governor Snyder, right? And uh, did Michigan legislature? No, they did not. So it's going to be a Republican legislature so, along with a Democratic so governor. Those those uh, rules that the that helped the unions stay alive have been. Uh, Rescinded in those two, those two states primarily, and it's uh, it's not going to change. It's going to be interesting. Let me bring it on home. We have District Four up there. Uh, what's the latest information you've got on that? I know it's too close to call. I looked at it this morning, and uh, I thought they were going to make an announcement today sometime. Uh, I think uh, uh, the mayor is ahead. And I, I expect that he'll win. 
because it's 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 a five thousand vote margin in a in uh, of the people who voted in all of that. But I don't know. There's the, the counting is the counting, and they'll figure it out. There's usually not uh, claims of a uh, fraud in Utah elections. So we're, no. we're a pretty well run state. So. Yeah. Let's bring it closer, even closer to home. How about John Stewart's victory, retaining his seat, going for his third term as a representative? Uh, my my look at these these numbers, I in my mind, I always think from a Democratic standpoint in the Washington County area, twenty eight percent for Democrats, and the rest are all Republican. And, it was a pretty close race. It was 52 or 53 to 47, 48%. I thought that was remarkable for this, uh, this section of Utah. Do you think that might be a trend for the future, or is it because of the diverse population moving in? Or I have no idea yeah. what, what's happening, but I don't. I, uh, for a year, uh, 10 years ago, Washington County was the eighth most Republican voting district in the country. Yes. Uh, and so I, I, talking to Democrats, Democrats that uh, they, they told me years ago, uh, just to anticipate no matter what the climate is, re, the uh, political climate is, that for Washington County it's going to be uh, 28% for the, for the Democrats. Yeah. And this was just remarkable. I know yeah. there was a lot of door-to-door, a, a good organization put together on the part of the Democrats, a lot of money yeah. involved. I understand that the uh, – the support for the Democratic candidate was uh, from unions, but mostly from uh, little donations from the public as compared to John Stewart with some organizations uh, getting funds donated to his uh, war chest. So, yeah. so I'm speculating now. This I, I had not heard that Stewart it was that close with Stewart. Yeah. So you surprised me with that. Uh, I should, probably should have known that. Um, given his district, it probably had to be here in Washington County that that they the Democrats made inroads. I, I think we're that's the, what we're, I read. We're so. the one growing because Iron County's not going to change, and the rural counties up north aren't going to change. No. We're the we're the change agent county in Utah. So, but we'll have to wait and see some analysis from somebody and I know. see what happens. Lots went on last Tuesday. We're not done yet. It was as fun. we discussed. So we've fun. taken it from the national down to take a, took a look at some of the states and. Brought it on home to Utah. Uh, unfortunately, Professor Green, we're out of time again. It was great being here. Well, again, this Bob. time fly, flies yeah. by, and I kept it going. Uh, I, I just got the high sign from the technician, said that you know, roll it. Time, time to uh, wrap this one up. So okay. I want to say to you one more time, as usual, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule uh, to coming over and uh, adding your uh, ideas and uh, your. Uh, understanding of the way this uh, midterm election turned out. And like I say, it's an ongoing target because there, we have a lot of races that are still up in the air. That's how close. And it wasn't just here in the state of Utah, nor was it just uh, neighboring states here in the Southwest, but it was nationwide. Uh, pretty exciting time. And what it did was it illustrated the uh, polarization that's taken place uh, between the uh, more conservative and what they and and the uh, democratic more liberal orientation and moderates and how they played into this. But I appreciate your time and effort once again for being here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. That concludes another uh, show of tips, topics, issues, and positions. You can listen to this show every Friday at 3 p.m. on KDXI 100.3 and rebroadcasted on Saturday at 4:30 p.m. 
Uh, also, we're available on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, as well as our podcast affiliate, Podbean. Uh, until next week, this is Bob Oxley and uh, Professor Joe Green saying goodbye and uh, have a great week. Bye now.